only Son, and whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Max Lucado, the author, tells the story of a trip that he and his wife had taken to Hong Kong. The morning of their departing flight, she was sick. Oh, she was throwing up in the hotel room. Something, something that she ate or drank the night before just didn't agree with her. She was very weak. When they got to the airport, he had to get a wheelchair just to get her to the gate. Had to help her onto the plane, get her to her window seat so she could pillow herself up against the window and plan to just sleep the 14 hours back home. A flight attendant, being so kind, asked if everything was okay. Is there anything she can help you with? Thanking her for her offer, Max said he made the huge mistake. Describing his wife's condition, he used the V word. Virus. Where's my screen? Oh, you guys got him up there. <laughs> Virus. Everybody on the plane heard it. But he couldn't unring that bell. Virus. The word made its way to the pilot. Handed down his decision, not on my plane. That sweet, wonderful flight attendant. I'm sorry but you're going to have to get off the plane. Max said he leaned down the aisle, trying to catch the eye of that, that once wonderful, welcoming pilot that stood there at the cockpit door. But all there was now was a shut door. The cockpit was secured, off limits. The pilot... Unavailable. He had pre-flight preparations to make for the 7,000-mile flight home and had no time for Max. All he wanted was a word. All he wanted to do was, was just to explain that it was something that she ate or drank, something that didn't agree with. It wasn't this virus. But he was locked out, and only the pilot could unlock the door and grant him access, and that was not going to happen. Max asks the question, is that the way you feel about God? God, the too busy for you pilot? The faceless one who passes down non-negotiable edicts? But does he ever engage the passengers? Does he care about the individuals who are sick and hurting? Does he make himself available to just 
listen to an explanation. To many, God is locked behind a secure door in which only he has the code to open. Do you know what? He's passed that code down to us through his son, Jesus. Jesus has the code, and he's given it to us here in John 3.16. This morning, I'd like to take a few minutes to unpack this verse, not exhaustively. That takes a lifetime. To some, we are so familiar with the verse that when it showed up on the screen, you were saying it in your mind, word for word. Didn't even have to look. But perhaps it's been a while since you've stopped and looked at what this verse has to say. You know, to others, all they know is that Tim Tebow wore it on his eye black, or Rainbow Man used to hold up those signs at the professional sporting events with John 3.16 on it. But most people don't know the message that the verse holds. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Shannon and I, my wife Shannon, we've been, over the last couple of years, been going out to Nebraska to her mom's place. She's 94 years old, still living by herself. Shannon's been able to work remotely, so we've been spending some time out there at her house, but there's always something to fix or something to clean. And one time when we went out there, I was determined that the one thing I was going to make sure I fixed while we were there was the door handle that leads from the garage into the house. If to, to open the, you'd think somebody was inside playing a joke on you and locking the door. This was the visit. I'm, I am determined to fix that door. Well, once apart, it was, it was evident that 30-plus years of Nebraska hot, dry summers just made the workings bind up. It just needed something to get it moving, some kind of lubricant. So I looked around the garage, tried to find something that I could put in there, clean it up, clean it up and get it working good. Plenty of shelves in this garage, but they're full of old pink cans and dried-up caulking tubes. Finally, at the bottom of one of these shelves, I found a can of WD-40. Well, in my garage, I always have a can of WD-40. You know, it's got that, that little tube, applicator tube, so I can, I can put just, just enough in the right place to give it what it needed. But what I found what I found was a gallon can of it. <laughs> a gallon can. I don't think I've ever used a gallon's worth of WD-40 my whole life. 
Well, I'm thinking, how do I do this? So I decided to go outside with the parts and take that can and try to, try to put some just right where I want it. You know, if I had my little tube, it'd be done. But I'm trying to get it just right, try as I might to try and drizzle just a little. And I baptized that handle. It was full of WD-40. It took me 20 minutes shaking it and wiping it off and shaking it some more. It ran down into the, every crevice, out every hole, places I didn't even think it needed any WD-40. But, you know, by the time that thing stopped dripping, it worked as good as it did when it was new. <laughs> That's how God's love is. You know, we have love for others. But our love comes with that little applicator tube where we can put small doses right where we think people need it. But God's love only comes in gallon cans, folks. He only knows how to apply his love in ways that it just runs down and fills every crevice of our lives. Even in places we didn't know we needed it. God's love is plentiful and it just drips off you. And it just affects everyone around you. Listen, I'm married to that example. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son. We have a son, Carson. He, uh, he attended the AIM program, ended up out in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, working with a, uh, with a, uh, uh, yeah, campus. Uh, campus ministry, thank you, campus ministry at University of New Mexico. He's back, in, he's back in Lubbock now, going to the Sunset International Biblical Institute, SIBI. But he wrote, a, he wrote a, a, a newsletter one time while he was in New Mexico. And he confessed that he had allowed the mission, taking the word of God to the students on the campus of University of New Mexico, he allowed it to become so important that he lost sight of God. He put his relationship with God, his, his Bible study, his daily Bible study on the back burner because the mission became the most important thing in his life. And it's easy to do. Get so wrapped up in what we're doing that we lose sight of who we're doing it for. You see, that's why it was so important that the one and only Son came. Because to Jesus, the relationship with the Father was the mission. We tend to take God's word and, and make it fit our lives and our ideas on what's important and... <laughs> We get to the point where we lose sight of God. Can you see the picture in the bars? 
A picture there. You know, the experts tell us that children learn how to treat their spouse by the way they saw their own parents treat each other. Jesus' mission, read it this morning. John 17 and 1 Peter, Jesus' mission was to reveal the Father to us. And he did that by showing his own relationship to the Father. He was the only one who knew not to separate those two things. He was the only one who knew from the beginning that that failure to stay connected to the Father meant failure in the mission. Because relationship with the Father is the mission. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever, um, whosoever, who does that not include? Whosoever. Whosoever has no boundaries. There's no territorial distinction in whosoever. No social or economic bias for whosoever. Whosoever includes everybody. It includes you. It's a welcome mat for everyone throughout the ages, whosoever. God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him, believes. That word doesn't just mean, oh, take my word for it. It means much more than that. A missionary by the name of John Payton in the 1800s, went to the New Hybrid Islands. It's in the South Pacific, group of islands there. And he was translating the New Testament into the native language, which was Bislama. Well, he ran into a common problem when doing translation, and that is the language of Bislama doesn't have a word for this word believes. Well, one day, John was out hunting with one of the natives, and they bagged a deer, and they dressed it out, and they were carrying it, you know, on a pole and carrying it back to his place. And I don't know how long a long distance is, but he said it was a long distance. So much so that when they reached the reached, they were so exhausted, they went over and sat out on these chairs that were sitting there in front of the house, all energy expended, no desire to do anything, gave themselves up totally to the comfort of those chairs. I know how that feels because I do that every night when I lay in my bed. You know, we got one of those foam paddings that sit on top. Oh, man, I just give myself totally to the comfort of that bed. The native commented in the language of Bislama, my It's good to stretch oneself out here and rest. You ever see this on the internet? It's called the art of relaxation. (laughs) Right? I mean, we're just going to give ourselves up. My, it's good to stretch oneself out here and rest. And John Payton thought, That's it. That's it. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever stretches themselves out and rests in him, whosoever gives up all resistance, turns over all indifference, stops struggling, stops being defiant, whosoever fully given over to him, whosoever believes in him. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, this is, the, this is where the tendency is to break out into a hellfire and brimstone sermon. Let's spend some time on what it means to perish. Punishment, that's what gets results. But that's not what Jesus does. When Shannon and I were raising our kids, this was back before we went through the program of growing kids God's way. I highly recommend, if you're raising children, to go through that program. I would focus, before I went through Growing Kids God's Way, I would focus on the negative when it came to handling my kids misbehaving. And yes, yes, those little darlings did misbehave at times. We were at my parents' in Florida. If the kids were acting up, I'd get them to straighten up by focus on what would happen if they didn't. If you two don't behave, no Disney. That's it. You're going to stay right there, sitting on that couch, no TV, sitting, listening, quietly, oh, to the Adult conversation. There's nothing worth for a little child to have to sit quietly and listen to adult conversation. See, I would focus on the punishment. Shannon would focus on the reward. Hey, guys. Tomorrow we're going to Disney. We're going to go see Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Buzz. Oh, Carson loved Buzz Lightyear. said, so let's behave so we can do that. You see the difference? Those who believe, you don't, you don't have to think about punishment. That stuff over there is for Satan and his angels. We don't have to worry about that because we're going to go to see the Father. We're, we're going to have eternal life. Heaven, man, that's Disney on steroids. And the very next verse, verse 17, shows this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The one and only son whose mission it was to point us to the father, climaxes the prize of being with the father, eternal life. John 3.16 holds the code to open the door and gain access to God the Father. He loved, he gave, we believe, we live. That's the code. There's no being bumped from this flight. 
there's complete access to the one in control. He doesn't retreat. He knows. He cares. He listens. He reacts. He so loves. Just believe, son. Give up all resistance. Turn over all indifference. Stop struggling. Stop being defiant. Fully be given over to him. And you get access to eternal life. Good stuff. Again, that's not an exhaustive look at John 3.16. I, I truly believe that we aren't going to fully understand it till we get to heaven. But here's the thing. If what we went through wasn't enough to move you, you're missing out. We're going to sing a song, God Be the Glory. We're going to sing to this God that so loves us. We're going to sing. Let's stand.